Welcome back to another 10 Minute Tuesday. Um, <laughs> we have Gavin here, Gavin Colas. Cole's 12. Cole's 12. <laughs> um, and Gavin is a dog trainer. And so today we are kind of talking about amateur, the amateur dog trainer. Amateur dog trainer. Um, so we're talking about um, the basics of dog training and um, just kind of if you want to get a dog, how to get into it, what to do. Gavin, what do I do? I want to get a seven week old dog. What what's the first step? Like I'm first find what you want. Do you want a, a a field trial lab? Do you want to get into that kind of training? Do you want to get into some hunt test work? Do you want a dog that's just gonna hang out in the house with you and hunt in the fall and you hunt? Do you hunt six days a week like a guide, or do you hunt one day a week or two days a week with the boys and it doesn't really matter? First, lay your groundwork for that. Second, bring the family in on this. Make sure everyone's on board with the same page. Everyone has to hold the same standards, same everything, because you need to keep it very much the same for a puppy growing up into that next level. Mm -hmm. um, and then find yourself a reputable breeder. And by that, I mean titled dog. Um, I personally look for a little bit fancier titles than most, but you could get away with going with like <clears throat> a master hunter to a senior hunter female, or if it really doesn't matter to you, a senior hunter male, I always tell people to try and find proven hunting lines, whether you've hunted over the dog or um, someone who has a dog they've run in hunt tests or had a pro run in hunt tests, something to prove that that dog can do the work that you want it to do. And then get a puppy from that. Make sure you've got your health clearances and everything else. Um, make sure they guarantee all that stuff for you. And then just start reading and researching and just planning. I generally tell people to have a very solid base work plan before they even get the puppy. Get some books, get some videos, get up on that kind of stuff, read. Uh, there's a number of podcasts on training as well you can listen to. Um, not 100% sure off the top of my head at the moment on those, but I have them saved somewhere. Um, but just get yourself affili affiliated with any number of information sources for that. And then you have the groundwork laid, and then boom, bring home the puppy, and then start training from day one. Day one, create training, simple OB games, things like that. Um, OB meaning obedience. obedience. Yes, obedience okay. is the number one thing you need to teach. Mm -hmm. So like when Connor got a dog, he's like, he called me, he's like, <laughs> hey, I bought a puppy. I'm like, oh, sweet. He's like, where do I start? I was like, OB. And Connor went, so what's OB? And I was like, oh, whoops. Um, obedience, buddy. He went, oh, okay, so like sit, stay, and heal. I was like, yep, spot on. So then you just start there. So then it depends on how far you want to take it. So like, I like to make games out of it and everything else. So you just got to start laying that groundwork of future training and then throwing the bumper, throwing bird wings, teaching that kind of stuff. Yeah, and something you said that was really um, eye-opening for me was the the motivation that the dog had, and that was food. The game that you create, make it, you know, like, you know, like kennel. You're yep. like, oh, just, you know, use, use food as the reward, make it a game, and they, oh, I know how to play this game. Yep, and I then, get a reward. Oh, boom. So like, Ginger's horrible in this my my older female does not care for food she, she's not a very food driven dog she's just not d doesn't matter to her sure so i had to find other ways to make her want to do things chance will literally jump off of a wall 20 feet for the slightest snack yeah. you have hamburger or if you put like i use cheap hot dogs from the like walmart like dollar dollar hot dog packs i cut them in small pieces and that's what i use yeah just the nasty ones <laughs> and that's what i use and for him Greatest thing on the planet at any as an eight like eight week old when I brought him home. He's like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing <laughs> I've ever been a part of. And he would do anything I want him to do. Mm -hmm. I put my hand down. He'd sit. I mean, we laid the groundwork for most of my OB from a very young age. Like yeah. healing, I had healing work as like a groundwork. I call it just out of food out of my hand. He'd walk at heel, and I wouldn't feed him until we walked a certain number of distance. Then boom, food. Oh, okay. Well, ding ding ding. Okay. He just thinks it's a fun game. He's just doing things. He has no idea what he's doing. 
but he's laying the groundwork for what you're later going to finalize and put um, like a command to. Yeah. So then sit means, hey, we laid the ground, ground groundwork as a game, which makes it easier to solidify as, as a command. Hey, you're going to sit when I tell you yep. that needs a correction or reinforcement or whatever. So that, yeah, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great question that I have is, um, you know, that's, we're talking about positive reinforcement with food. When yep. do you introduce negative reinforcement? Um, Age or skill um, level? It depends on what you mean by that. So like for me, most of my young puppies will have some negative reinforcement if certain things aren't, aren't held to a certain standard. So like if you're pulling on the collar, I'll just stop walking. So that can be negative reinforcement. Mm. You don't get to walk if I stop. We're just going to sit here until you stop pulling. So you're not beating the dog. No, you're I'm not going to beat no him, but, or, but like barking. Barking in the crate is something I can't stand. So I mm -hmm. use a certain brand of mouthwash that's good for dogs or safe for dogs. The moment you, bar you bark in the kennel in the house, quiet. I grab the muzzle, quiet. And I set him back in the kennel and shut the door. Yeah, Interesting. Five minutes, a, of, five minutes of quiet. Yeah, I got it from an, old, an, an obedience lady. I don't have the bottle anymore. And oddly enough, this came wrapped in like a, 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 like a Listerine-shaped bottle, but it was tape black. So I have no idea what this brand is. I actually have to go to her to get it. She gets it, and she uses it on all puppies. So this is something I got secondhand. Yeah. But that's how I got Chance. Chance does not whine in the kennel or bark. He's silent. Yeah. He barks when someone comes to the door, but I let that happen just because my grandma was home alone, alone with him and shit with like that. Yeah. But like for the most part, he's silent otherwise because I hate noise. Right. Vocalization for me is the biggest pet peeve. So that's how I fixed yep. it. Same. I went to an obedience friend who trains uh, very high level obedience and asked her, how do you fix this? And she's the one that led me onto the, the onto this method. So like quiet. Now five minutes of quiet, I go in there and I give that praise. Okay, good. I open the crate door, treat. Good boy. Mm -hmm. Good, good quiet. I, I reinforce the quiet command and I reinforce the good behavior. But then like once you get through force fetch, force fetch is essentially teaching the dog to turn off pressure. So that's when I start to solidify pressure in that. Well, and, and that's one thing that my dog wasn't trained in. Nope. And I think that's seriously one of the most important things that your dog should learn after watching all these amazing dogs. We've it's been fortunate the, enough it's to the hunt. most important. We've thing. been fortunate enough to hunt with some amazing guide services. You, for an example, you're not a guide service, but you brought us on a load of hunts. But also at the same time, your dogs are very well trained. Mm -hmm. And then we go and hunt down I pride at Bobby. myself on that one. And then thing. we we go down and hunt with Bobby Guy. We go down and hunt with whoever and these dogs are just force fetched so well. These mm -hmm. these dogs will shake or whatever and they will not drop these birds whatsoever no nope. my dog as soon as she sees me there she'll drop the bird come and shake and then like expect some sort of praise so talk about how important force fetching is please. force fetch is huge so like i start force fetch once the puppy teeth fall out generally depending on the dog so like chance i waited till he was almost nine months or i think he was almost 10 when i started because okay. of a maturity thing he's not a very mature dog he matured very slowly <laughs> He is. He's an immature little ass. And I love him, but he is. <laughs> but I had to introduce that very slowly. I had to introduce that the right way. So that was my third dog force fetching on my own, yeah. 100%. And it had been eight years since I had force fetched a dog on my own. So mm -hmm. that was, I had to get back in the swing. I started back at the basics, the dowel, the glove, the whole nine. So to me, force fetch, you're, some people say you're teaching a dog to hold this. You're telling him to hold it. Well, no, you're teaching a dog to turn off the pressure. The mm. dog learns its entire life. Everything gets easy if I turn the pressure off. So if I do what I'm told, I turn the pressure off. That's that's all you're teaching. You're, you're laying the groundwork for blinds, for, for corrections later to get the right responses for a correction. You don't want to hold the dowel until I tell you to. They don't. No dog really does. Very few. Let me rephrase that. Very few dogs want to hold that until they're told to give it. Yeah. 
a wooden dowel. Yeah, a wooden dowel I use um, is the start to my force fetch. <clears throat> Actually, I should rephrase that. I use my hands to the mouth. I do two fingers down below and my thumb on top. I want to be able to move the dog's muzzle just around in a, like a 360 up, down, no resistance. I want the dog to be very relaxed, very calm, and then I want to be able to stop, take one hand out, and leave my two fingers on the bottom generally and just ease the dog into it. Very relaxed. I want it to be a very calm. It's a, it's a safe place up on top. And then, okay, now I'm going to put the dowel in. Hold, tap, don't drop it. Now, if you drop it, I'm going to put it back in there and tap that harder. Okay, now I've reinforced you need to hold it till I'm telling you otherwise. Now I'm going to hold it all the way. I'm going to tell you to fetch. Well, at first, the dog's like, I have no idea what this means. So then you ear pinch. Well, the moment you ear pinch and the dog opens its mouth, how I was taught, you then feed them the, the dowel at first. And they're like, oh, the moment the dowel goes in my mouth, the pressure turns off. Chance was very quick to learn. I don't like the pressure, so I want to turn it off. Mm. He's a hard head, but once you get to the right level, he wants to turn the pressure off immediately. He doesn't like it. He's Not that he doesn't like it. He just he wants it gone. He wants to make the correction to be the, mm-hmm. the, in the right way. He's very much, from other people, he doesn't care, but for me, he's very sensitive. If I get on him, he's very much, he gets in his own head. Well, you're he his dad. The, yeah, but yeah. He, he gets very, we have a different connection than most handlers and dogs. We've got a very deep thing with that, which I enjoy. But like him, he was very quick. So like a couple of ear pinches, he's like, "Okay, Dad, the moment you say fetch, I'm lunging for the I'm I'm lunging for the dowel." So you would think from item to item it wouldn't change, but for some dogs it changes extremely hard. So chance yep. wasn't very hard for bumpers, canvas size, plastic, whatever. But the moment I got to like a soft dock, and the docking for him was like, "Nah, I'm not feeling this. Mm. I don't like it." So that took a solid ear pinch, and I say on every dog you have one battle on the table and that was my battle the Dokken or the Dokken or the Avery hard side one that's built like a duck those two were a battle for me mm-hmm. he had no issue with birds had no issue with any of that because he had retrieved him as a puppy and done puppy marks and things like that but that Dokken man we had a good I bet a six seven second ear pinch which for that is a long time but that's kind of you're, you're teaching the force fetch just gives you the groundwork for so many avenues and so many things it just gives you those options so that's sure. kind of the key to force fetch. I think every dog should be force fetched. Okay, and, and at what what age? Or you said it's a maturity level, not it, so much. Well, of a, it depends. So the, the rule the rule the rule of thumb is the puppy teeth rule of thumb is the puppy teeth need to fall out, and you need to have adult teeth in there to do it. Sure. Which is generally between six and seven months. Generally, okay. some dogs are early, some dogs are late, but you also can judge it off the dogs. Like Ginger, right at six months, all her teeth were in. Boom, I could do it. She was mature. She could handle it. Boom. Flash, same thing. Um, chance, I waited till nine. It depends. You yeah. can wait, but you can lay the groundwork long before that. So, like, I train with a pair of friends, Matt and Kelsey. Kelsey's dog, Rookie. She's been working force-fetch type behavior since 10 weeks. He's wow. just had the right mouth, and she had some ideas and some new thoughts that she just started playing with, and it's worked. Hmm. Or more, not so much force-fetch, but more like the hold conditioning and kind of the the fetch commands before you actually had to apply any pressure to it. So okay. she kind of laid the groundwork from a very young age, which you can do. Well, cool. Thank you. We're going to come back with part two. So definitely, guys, take a look at that. Um, And uh, yeah, it'll be next Tuesday. So uh, listen up and download that from the podcast or watch it on YouTube. Uh, Hit Gavin up on Instagram, Gavin Colas 12. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, comment below and we'll see if we can get him back on here. I don't think he wants to come back, but, you know, we'll see. It's going to be a struggle to deal with these two again. (laughs) So thanks, guys, for watching. We'll see you soon. (laughs) 